So it's the 2nd of September 2021. So we've come to train ourselves. This training of ourselves is training our body, our speech, and our mind. And so we use the word self in a kind of universal, conventional way. But if we're talking in terms of vimuti, liberation, then there is no self. There's no one uh, who does the training, and there's no one to train. And so we see that really the mind is just the mind. The body is just the body. And when we understand this, we've reached the highest level of Dhamma. And if we've got there already, then there's no need to train anymore. But if we haven't yet, I'm sorry, because there isn't a self there to train anymore, we've trained right until the end, and we're able to put this down. And so this is what we experience when we train the self. And so we see everything that we take to be a self, all things, if they're material things. There are those that have uh, a jitta or a mind within them and things that don't have a jitta within them. And those which are sentient, the bodies of animals or humans, um, this is what, or this is included within all things. And all of these things arise, stay for a while, and cease. All of them are inherently empty. And this is a very deep Dhamma. And the highest Dhamma, that of Itta Pachyata, or what's contained in the Heart Sutra, that form is emptiness. And do we understand this teaching? We take the bodies of animals, or humans, or any material thing, and if we separate that out, what we'll see is that it's just anicca. It's, it's constantly changing in the state of flux. That is dukkha, it's stressful. And then if we take that thing that we consider to be a self and break it apart, we'll see that there's really nothing there. There's no glass, there's no building, there's no tree. And we separate out all of these elements of earth, water, fire and air and all that's left is emptiness. And that's what the entire world is comprised of. That's what the whole universe is, with, is filled with. And so we may, um, we can see this, say, in the sun, how the sun uh, is constantly exploding. There's always this uh, fusion which is going on. And this gives off a lot of light. And there's also this world which has gathered together from material elements um, and formed into a planet in the same way that other planets have formed. The crust of the earth is cool, but inside it's very hot. But if we separate this out, the planets, the suns, then there's just emptiness. There's no self there within any of it. And this jitta, this mind, is a knowing element. But if it is deluded, if it has ignorance, then it will always be creating a self constantly. 
And it's the nature of delusion to do this. And if we haven't yet abandoned the self, then we haven't seen into this clearly. We haven't really understood that in truth there is no genuine self. So when people see the true nature of this self, see self in line with reality, then they've seen the Dhamma, seen that the self is something which is constantly in flux. And so this is called knowing ourselves, seeing ourselves. But when we still cling to me and my possessions, and then we aren't yet able to abandon the sense of self. And we need to accept that that's the case. That we're not just able to instantly put it down, to release it. And so then we need to come to know and understand the self, to build it up, to raise it first, to build up ourselves, to make ourselves good. So it's not possible then for any being, even a god, to come and to um, suddenly make us awakened, to uh, allow us to be good or to attain to the Dhamma. And the Buddha said that he, the Tathagata, is just the one who teaches, who points the way, and just that. And we need to be a refuge unto ourselves. And who else can we truly take refuge in? Who else is able to build ourselves like this? So we need to depend upon ourselves. We need to build these selves up to be good. Because we love ourselves, and all beings do. And all beings love each other, or love themselves in the same way that we love ourselves. And so it's pointless to harm each other, isn't it? And so why do this? What's the point in harming? What's the point in being jealous of other people? Because the thing that they get is arrives from their merit. If they have this merit, if they've created merit, then they'll receive good things. And so there's no point in being jealous of them. So when people gain things, when they get praise and status and pleasure, then that is due to the merit that they've created. And so it's appropriate for us to be happy in that goodness, to rejoice in what they have gained, to be happy for them. And if they lose things, or they gain uh, disrepute, or loss of status or pain, then we shouldn't aggravate that or make it worse. Because we have this kindness and love for ourselves and for others as well. So therefore, when this is the case, we should try to build up goodness. And goodness is something that's not difficult for us to raise. All we need to do is chant to recollect the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha, and this is goodness here already. And so we do this. We chant in the morning, we chant in the evening without skipping out. And we train our mindfulness, train our samadhi, and this is a higher level of goodness. And why is that? 
Well, it's because being generous, um, that if people have faith in this, then it's not too difficult to do, to offer food to the monks, uh, to be generous, to help out. And so if we're able to do this, then we should do it in line with our means, help out in society. And so really everyone can do this, but many people don't really try to do it. But those who are intent, they can do it. And when they do, then they feel this kind of joyfulness of mind, this lightness and ease and happiness through the goodness they have created, through helping to relieve the suffering of other beings. And so if we don't help one another, then it's really hard for the people in our societies to live with each other. But when we have this kindness in our hearts and we help, um, then we can stay with one another. And so through doing this, the people who are suffering, that, um, that suffering will reduce and reduce and the merit that people gain gets more and more. And through that merit of helping others, then people will come and help us in return. But we need to build up this kind of merit, this goodness, this barami first. And then a higher level of development than this is not harming each other. So we sacrifice and we are moral through our acts of body, speech, and mind, that we create goodness in this way. And so we love ourselves, and other people love themselves as well. And so we shouldn't harm each other. We should also shouldn't harm our own mindfulness or wisdom uh, through taking intoxicants. Because this also harms our body as well. And so if we put alcohol into our system, then if we go to chant, then we won't be able to do that correctly. Um, to think intelligently and to be able to build things in the world is very difficult. And there are also people who are drunk in gambling as well. They're intoxicated on gambling. And the money that they have gets wasted. And so we see that each day many people invest in gambling until they're completely out, until they're bankrupt, until perhaps they just don't want to stay in this world any longer. But this is a path which is incorrect, a path which takes us to woe, a path which takes us um, to being ill at ease. And so these things are not good. Being with um, bad friends or in a bad society, this isn't good. Gambling is not good. Drinking alcohol is not good. And so in training ourselves, we train ourselves to abandon these things as well. And then we try to develop the things which are good, try to raise up goodness too, try to develop these minds of ours. If we have any work or duties to do, then we do those in, upright, in an upright way, through moral means. And this is really important as well, to have the sila, because sila, morality, it gives us a coolness of heart. You say, 
in the chanting, Silena Sukatinyangti, that Silena or Sila brings us happiness of heart. And so we love ourselves and we keep these precepts for our own sake. We also see how the self of ours, it's something that hasn't come about easily if we look at it in terms of biology, uh, that all of the atoms, they have movement, and this movement creates heat. And then they come together, all these elements, and they form cells. And this is what our bodies develop from. From just a tiny drop of liquid, and then they come together, these elements come together, form cells, and become more and more solid. And so these bodies develop in this way. And it's nature which is working on these bodies, uh, developing them. And this is um, what evolution has produced. That there are all these uh, veins in the body. And the humans, we don't um, kind of artificially create veins. We're not able to produce them in this way. But it's nature that does it. We provide food and water for the body, and then it develops all by itself. And just like a tree. So we're not the ones who make the tree grow. We don't grab the roots and pull them down. We don't make the branches um, spring out. But it's nature which does this, which works upon this tree. It happens by itself. And we just have the duty to look after it, to provide it fertilizer and other nutrients and give water to it and protect it from insects. And so this is what has come about through evolution. And it's the same with the evolution of the body as well. So it's really not easy for these bodies to come about. And so what about internal evolution then? Some people have a lot of knowledge. Um, They have knowledge into various subjects. And they use these um, in order to support their lives and live their lives. But they shouldn't forget that we need to use this knowledge um, in moral ways in a way that is good, that is correct, in a way that is virtuous. Because some people, they study and they gain various knowledges, but they use these in harmful, immoral ways. And this gives bad results, bad results to their mind. And it also may mean that they're not able to live their lives for much longer. And so this is not correct. But it's the ignorance in the hearts which pulls ourselves along these lines, having a lot of greed, wanting to get a lot of money. And even though people like this may get a lot of money, they actually have very little. They have very little, and the fact that they've got very little internal wealth, they have little in terms of inner good qualities even though they may have a lot of money externally. They don't have this freshness, this this brightness of mind. And so in order to have this inner freshness, this inner um, spirit and upliftedness, 
then there needs to be goodness, and we need to have morality. And this is something that is really important. And so for us Buddhists, um, even though we're Buddhists, um, the Buddha, he wasn't able to make people good. And if he could have done that, then everyone would be good already. If he could make all the people and all the minds that exist good, then no one would suffer anymore. But the satcha dhamma, uh, the truth, is that we need to practice for ourselves. We need to rely upon ourselves, upon our own efforts. And we need to have respect for ourselves, which means that we respect the goodness within ourselves. So sometimes the great teachers, they ask their students whether they're able to put their hands in anjali towards themselves, to put their hands palm palm together um, in respect for themselves. Which means that to ask their students whether they um, take up this path of practice well, whether they keep the standards well, whether they are generous, whether they're moral, whether they cultivate their minds, whether they create goodness every day. And so if we do this, if we constantly create this goodness, then we're creating heaven. And so the results that it gives us is happiness of heart. And so generosity and virtue, this gives us internal happiness. And do we still have a self then? Well, we do, but it's a good self. It's a self that has quality. It's a self that has kindness and compassion that doesn't wish to harm other beings. So in this present day in our societies, there's a lot of pain and suffering that's arising from this pandemic. For us, we should try to cultivate the self so that it's a good self. And it's something that we're able to do. It's not difficult. We just share the things that we have with others. If we have food, if we have uh, drinks, we've got clothing or medicines, then we can share these and give them to others. And so we have this opportunity to help reduce the suffering of other beings. And it's a really good opportunity now. So we may apply to help out um, in an organization, or we may just do it by ourselves, helping each other. Or there may be someone who's leading and we give them a hand. And so we sacrifice, and in sacrificing, we are abandoning this self-centeredness or selfishness. And this is what will aid us in understanding the Dhamma. And when we don't have this self-centeredness, then when we do goodness, we don't desire the praise of other people. And even if no one knows about what we do, then that doesn't matter. And so Lumpucha said that even if no one finds out about our good deeds, we ourselves know. And we're not interested in getting other people to know. Because when we do goodness, then we feel happy within ourselves. So there was an example that Lumpucha gave, that he was 
Or you're saying with the monks and the novices in the monastery um, that once every two weeks um, there's a day where the, they gather together to wash their robes. And after this, um, maybe no one cleans up. No one helps to uh, wash the vessels that are used uh, for the robe washing. No one helps to sweep. And so those who just go and wash their robes and then don't help to clean up, he said that they're stupid. They're ones who are taking advantage of others. But those who do it, who do help to clean up, um, maybe they don't tell anyone about it and no one else knows, but they themselves know. So there's one time when I was staying at Wat Nombapong, Lumpur Cha's monastery, and we had um, communal work that we were taking soil um, up to uh, help build the Obosita Hall. And so we would start at 6 p.m. and finish at 11 p.m. And sometimes there were some sweet drinks that were provided uh, for us. But there was also some times when the monks would forget to wash up, uh, to wash the vessels that were used for this. So one time this happened and the monk went to tell Lumpur Cha that no one had washed up. And Lumpur Cha said, well, why didn't you do it then? Didn't you drink as well? So why didn't you wash up? So if you see something, then you should do it. And when we help out, then we feel this ease, we feel internal joy. So even if there are just small acts of goodness that we can do, then we should do those. And people who are self-sacrificing, who find this happiness in giving, they are like this. And it's easy for these kinds of people to practice the Dhamma, to meditate and to bring their minds to ease and peace, because they don't harm one another. And so it's easy to bring the mind to stillness and to peace. And this is another way of cultivating and developing ourselves, developing the self in samadhi. And so all the thinking that's going on, this restless thinking, this internal aggravation and annoyance, the doubts, and these are the mental objects which obstruct inner goodness along with anger and ill will and drowsiness. So there are five kinds of these inner mental objects, these things which proliferate the mind. And so they can flick back and forth between them, switching up. So sometimes there's a lot of doubts in the mind, and then maybe we meet with something that we don't like, and then aversion comes up, and then the mind gets all scattered and annoyed, and perhaps we may feel annoyed for no apparent reason. And there can also be drowsiness when we practice the Dhamma. And sometimes we doubt about absolutely everything. But these doubts, they can also be good things as well, if we try to find the reasoning um, behind things. If we're kind of curious about something, we want to know why it's happening. And so we can doubt about this self, uh, whether it's real, or doubt about the next life, whether there really is a next life. 
And so some people don't believe in this. So they can think in this case, well, will there be a tomorrow? Well, there will be, won't there? And can we see that tomorrow right now? Where is it right now? And so we're not able to see tomorrow in the present moment. And this isn't something that we can do. But does tomorrow exist? Well, it does exist. It is real. And what about yesterday? What about last week, last month, last year, last lifetime? Well, these things exist as well. But these are things which we can take in terms of the present moment reality. It's not like we just need to die first in order to gain an understanding of these things. And it's not the case that this jitta, this knowing element, upon death, it just is nothing, that there's just oblivion, or it completely disappears. And so there's no real need to go and look at heaven or hell, or these different realms of existence. Rather, what we do is just create goodness here in this present moment. And those who have wisdom can understand these issues easily, and they can create goodness easily, abandon all harmful acts, developing merit. But some people, they need knowledge and a fear of hell first, and understanding how if we fall into hell, then there'll be a lot of suffering. Or perhaps um, we may gain some nimittas, some mental visions, of these things, of heaven or hell. And then we gain a belief into their reality because we have that experience for ourselves. And so for some people, if they see these things, then they gain a belief of them, that they really are real. And they may be able to go and see the gates of hell. Or some people maybe can go up and um, peer through the gates of heaven. And then they gain this belief that these are genuine things, they are real things. But it takes sambharami and merit to be able to do this, to to see these things. So we need to be cautious. And those people who drink a lot, um, when they're drunk, then they don't have um, mindfulness, and they don't have value to their minds. And so there was one person who I knew who uh, would drink a lot of alcohol. And one day I saw him sleeping, and I saw a skeleton lying next to him. And this, I, I understood what this was. Um, that the people who like to drink every single day, who go out and get drunk every day, every night, that they also have um, ghosts that live with them as well. There are these ghosts or these spirits who are also kind of alcoholics. And it's these spirits that invite them to go and get drunk. And so we can't see these spirits normally, 
But what we can see is our friends who invite us to go out and get drunk as well. And perhaps sometimes we don't actually want to go, but our friends twist our arm into it. And also these spirits, they can convince us to go and get drunk as well. So when I told this person about this, about this ghost, and the skeleton uh, that was taking him to get drunk, um, then this really uh, struck a chord, and he was able to uh, give this up. And so this shows that he has merit as well, that he had a monk who could tell him these things, and he also had belief in what that monk said to him. But for those people who have mindfulness and wisdom, then they're able to give these things up by themselves. And they see that they're useless, that drinking alcohol doesn't help in any way, that we lose our money, and that we may get into fights with other people, and that other people can't trust us. And so there's nothing good about it. But for those who have little mindfulness, um, then it's difficult for them to give this up. And so perhaps they're good and maybe they drink, but they don't drive. And if people get drunk and they drive as well, then a lot of problems can occur. And this shows that those people just don't have any love for themselves. So therefore we do need to train along these lines. Because really within all of us, like there is drunkenness within us already. There's this inner stupidity within us already. But if we take intoxicants, then we just make it all worse. And our samadhi is just wasted, and we're not able to cultivate samadhi. So it's possible to get drunk on other things as well, not just alcohol. If we eat a lot of food, then we can get intoxicated on food. Or perhaps we watch movies or TV series until we get drunk on them as well. So we need to have mindfulness over these things as well. To have wisdom and to see how they waste our time in a way that doesn't give us any benefit. And so we should take up these five precepts or sometimes these eight precepts. And the eight precepts are good in that they give us more time. And we don't get amused and delight in things um, that we otherwise would. And so we have more opportunity to train ourselves. Because the self or the mind, which is well trained, brings us happiness. So we train our body, our speech, and our minds, and this gives us happiness. And so in doing so, we um, are humans in this present life. And if we create a lot of goodness, then we become devas in the present. If we can develop samadhi, then we become brahma gods here in the present moment first. And if we contemplate into anicca, dukkha, anatta, then we become monastics, or we become noble beings, aryapugalas. And those who are intent on developing bharami, these spiritual virtues, they are bodhisattvas here in the present moment. And really anyone who helps others, who has a heart of kindness and compassion, is a bodhisattva. 
And when these beings carry on developing these bharamis until they become very well established and very full, um, then they become a great bodhisattva, full of bharami, and to the point where they receive a prediction from a Buddha that they will become a fully self-awakened Buddha in the future. And this is something that all jitters, all minds are capable of doing. So we need to rely upon ourselves and to not be lost in ourselves. That if we have duties, then we should do these and we shouldn't run away from them. We shouldn't try to get out of them. And we shouldn't be deluded either. We shouldn't be selfish. We should be ones who are self-sacrificing instead. That if there's communal work to do, then we do this, and we do it as best we can. And if we can act in this way, this shows that we have barami. And so we should be intent like this, uh, to train ourselves to practice in this way. And we're very lucky that we have this opportunity to have this body. And it's not really easy at all for this body to come about. And so we may see that, or we may hear that uh, if we take all the blood vessels and the veins in this body, then they'll be able to um, cover the circumference of the globe. So this is something that's really not easy to come about, this body. So when this is the case, then we need to uh, find refuge in ourselves. Because the Buddha, he just pointed the way. He just told us this path of practice. And when we have received these teachings, then we should try to put them into practice well, to depend upon ourselves. And so we may gain knowledge into various subjects, or we may use these in order to work and have an occupation. But we should ensure that this doesn't lead us into painful states, into the realms of woe. That rather we do our duties in a correct and beautiful way. Developing these minds, bring them into states of samadhi, cultivating uh, mindfulness, sati, mindfulness, recollection, and the sampajanya, this clear awareness. And we do this every single day. And through doing this and practicing living our lives in this way, then we become good people in our societies. And so our societies, just naturally, they've got some good people and some bad people. But if the members um, of those societies practice in this way, then there'll be more and more good people, and we'll be able to live together through the kindness and compassion that we have. So we should set our hearts on this practice. The days and nights are constantly falling away, falling away. And in this year it's September already, and there's just four months left until the end of the year. And time goes by so quickly. And this year, 2021, is almost used up. So we should set our hearts on this practice, taking these minds to contemplate the body, seeing them as being a heap of change, a heap of stress and not self, teaching our minds in this way constantly, teaching them that all things are empty, 
And through doing this, then we will see into the Dhamma.